Live from our nation's capital, it's the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine. America, welcome to the Inside Scoop. I am your host, Mark Levine, reporting live at Safe Social Distance from Washington, D.C. Congratulations, President-elect Joseph R. Biden. Congratulations, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. As I predicted last week on this show, um, it has turned out exactly as I predicted, with a tremendous win by the Biden-Harris team. It's a tremendous win, first of all, and most importantly, in the popular vote. I've never understood, I understand why. It has to do with slavery and all those wonderful things that our founders fought for 230 years ago. But the media spends too much time focusing on the Electoral College. If you want to know whether a president is legitimate or not, just look to who the American people support. Our Constitution begins, we the people. And Abraham Lincoln said we should have government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Well, the people of the United States solidly rejected the president of the United States even more than they rejected him four years ago. Hillary Clinton, we remember, beat Donald Trump by three million votes. Joe Biden has already beaten him by more than five million. By the time all the votes in California are counted, it may be closer to six million votes the largest popular vote margin with the most votes going to Joe Biden than any other time in American history. And indeed, turnout was high, too. It wasn't just that Joe Biden soundly thrashed Donald Trump. It was also turnout that was exceedingly high. In fact, it broke all records for the last century. We'll see whether it breaks the records of 1908. But given that women couldn't vote in 1908 and neither could blacks, you know, when you talk about the percentage of property, uh, you know, or lack of property, white male voters, this is truly a tremendous achievement. And yes, of course, a solid electoral college win as well. I hate that that determines our president, but it does until we change that. And um, Joe Biden won by the same amount that Donald Trump won uh, four years ago. Again, Trump lost the popular vote both elections, but he did win the Electoral College 306 to 232. He called it a landslide, I think. Well, um, Joe Biden will win by that same landslide. There may be a recount in Georgia. It won't matter. Um, I confidently predict 306 to 232 electoral votes. Meanwhile, um, COVID is hitting its record across the country. Uh, COVID, 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 said the current president of the United States, not wanting to talk about the fact that a quarter of a million of Americans, quarter of a million Americans, 250,000 Americans are dead due to his incompetence. And likely it will grow to 300 or 400,000 before, and this is the good news, The vaccine that Pfizer announced is finally distributed to all of us. and We all get inoculated. Now, that could take us till the spring of 2021, and uh, we have to be wearing masks a bit longer. Remember, it's far more dangerous out there now 
than it was when we first did lockdowns in March. Far more dangerous. In fact, the trough of the triple peak uh, is higher than the peak was back in March. Of course, when you have a president who doesn't know what he's doing, it's a real problem. But meanwhile, we face a problem of a president in denial, a president who's actively trying to tear down our democracy, to destroy the American Republic, to take away Americans' confidence in our electoral system. Now, Vladimir Putin has tried to do this for a long time. Russia, you can go way back to Cold War days, said that we weren't a real democracy, we weren't allowing people to vote, that our whole system was fraudulent. It largely is a system of projection, right? Their system was fraudulent, their system is fraudulent. They don't have a democracy, they have a dictatorship. Vladimir Putin stuffs the ballot boxes, and he doesn't like when Russians march in the street complaining about his dictatorship. He tends to kill his political opponents. So it's very important for him to take us down a notch, to get us to distrust our own democracy uh, so that he looks good by comparison. Well, Putin never really succeeded in tearing down our democracy, but the guy working for him, Donald Trump, the guy that Putin's blackmailing, Putin's puppet, has done a much better job. I would argue that Donald Trump has done more danger, has done more damage to our democracy than any time since the Civil War. You know, you can look at past times in American history where there have been real dangers. In the 1930s, there was a uh, radio host by the name of Charles Coughlin, who was a big Nazi supporter. Not just that he hated Jews, but he really hated democracy itself. And he led a, a proto-fascist movement in the United States as he was a very, very popular radio host. And only with the election of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, helping to get us out of the Great Depression, did Father Coughlin's support tail off. You can go to the 1950s and listen to Joe McCarthy. Again, dangerous, crazy lies about huge deep state that was in the, he claimed in the US government, was full of communists, full of communists. It wasn't true. He said, I have a list here of 27 communists in the US government. Turned out to be a laundry list. It was a joke, joke that this crazy man came to believe. And there's a direct line between Joe McCarthy and Donald Trump, the fanatical evil lawyer that helped Joe McCarthy, Roy Cohn, was a mentor to Donald Trump. And the lesson is clear. It was all teaching Goebbels' strategy, the Nazi propagandist, that the bigger the lie, the more people believe it. Adolf Hitler wrote about this in the 1920s in Mein Kampf. Did you know this? Hitler wrote that if you tell a little lie, people catch you. You might lie about your age. You might lie about whether or not you took that cookie from the cookie jar. You might lie uh, when you claim that someone is your friend who really isn't. These ordinary lies people do all the time. That's why they catch other people in them. But the vast majority of us don't make up monstrous lies. So when someone does, they're more likely to be believed. This was Hitler's evil brilliance. He taught and Joe McCarthy followed and Roy Cohn followed and Donald Trump followed along with the idea, if you make up fanatical, ridiculous lies, because we, ordinary people, would never think to 
do such a monstrous thing. We actually believe the monsters who do it. Nowhere has that been more clear than in Donald Trump. Of the 70 million people that voted for Donald Trump, there's about 77 million that voted for, I guess it's 72 million for Donald Trump and 77 million for Joe Biden right now. They're still counting. Of the 70 million that voted for Donald Trump, three quarters believe that there was some kind of fraud, some kind of rigged election, that Joe Biden wasn't legitimately elected. 50 million Americans, that's just the voters, their families, 50 million Americans now belong to a cult that Vladimir Putin has been trying to get us to join for a number of years, that the Soviet Union has been trying for decades. An anti-American cult that doesn't believe in our democracy, that actually supports dictatorship, that opposes free elections. It's scary. Now, how did this cult come to be? It, was it Donald Trump that created it? No. No, it's the Republican Party. Now, I never read the book Frankenstein, so I'm going to admit this right away. I'm just going to tell you the plot as I recall it from popular culture, and one day I really need to pull out Shelley's masterpiece and read it because I, I know it is a masterpiece. So excuse me if I get some plot details wrong. But as I understand the story of Dr. Frankenstein and the monster that he created, he creates a sentient creature. He creates a creature to serve him. At least that's how we're taught culturally. But the monster of his own accord creates a sentience, creates a, under, has, an un, has a certain intelligence, and then takes that, goes astray until the, the Dr. Frankenstein can no longer control his monster. Well, the Republican Party has created the monster of opposition to democracy, the dictatorial monster, the authoritarian monster, the mob rule. And you can argue about when it began. Was it the time of Joe McCarthy? Was it uh, Richard Nixon? Was it Newt Gingrich? Was it Mitch McConnell and his active opposition to uh, President Obama and the Tea Party? Whatever it is, it culminated in Donald Trump, a monster that the Republican Party itself cannot control because they're afraid of the very mobs they created. And it's dangerous to America, and it's Joe Biden's first order of business. Tell you more when we come back. 888-48-MARK, back after this. He's a Bible-quoting, Constitution-loving, flag-waving, red-blooded, liberal American. He's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. There could be no greater contrast than between the president and the president-elect. President-elect Joe Biden is taking it all very calmly. He recognizes that Trump is a sore loser. He recognizes that the people that support Trump are sore losers. And he's being a lot nicer than I am, gently coaxing them to put their country ahead of their delusions. Again, he didn't quite put it that way. He was a lot nicer than I am, expressing confidence 
that the American people would get over it. Donald Trump is doing what Donald Trump does best. For one thing, he's golfing, right? We're facing the greatest pandemic uh, of more than a century, 250,000 Americans dead. We're having 9-11. Remember when September 11th used to be a big deal? Remember when Republicans used to claim they cared about 3,000 innocent Americans unnecessarily dying, being killed in that case by terrorist attack, now being killed by incompetence? We lose 3,000 Americans about twice a week. We have September 11th twice a week. But Donald's golfing. He's golfing. And he's taking down our government. Now, Donald Trump was never a big fan of democracy or the Constitution or the rule of law or anyone other than Donald Trump. For him, his entire life has been a grift. You know what a grift is. It's kind of a fancy word for con man. This is a guy who has spent his entire life trying to grab money from people stupid enough to give it to him. And it's what he's done his entire life. Um, after inheriting the billion dollars or so from his father, losing it all, and then basically tricking people into giving him money and not paying them back. That is Donald Trump's life story. So right now, it's all part of the grift, right? He sends uh, these angry emails out to his supporters. Give me money, give me money, give me money, give me money. Ostensibly for court proceedings to stop fraud. And then in the fine print, any excess dollars goes to Donald Trump paying back any debts he made to the campaign. So Donald Trump is out to make money. Donald Trump doesn't want to seem like the loser, the big fat loser that he is, um, and doesn't want to seem, you know, weak. And in doing so, he seems really weak. No more so than the Tuesday night of the election when he came on TV and declared as Vladimir Putin would have done. He's won the election. Stop the vote count. Fortunately for the United States of America, we didn't listen to him. In fact, Donald Trump's argument starts to get really convoluted. He had a whole bunch of people going out in Detroit, Michigan, and Philadelphia screaming, stop the count, stop the count. But in Arizona, where Biden was ahead, but Trump, some new numbers had Trump gaining, crowds were shouting, count the votes, count the votes. Of course, the count did not stop when the people chanted, stop the count. And when, by the time uh, the morning came around, and Donald Trump had filed a motion in a Michigan court to stop the count in Michigan, Biden was already ahead in Michigan. Had Trump stopped the count, which of course he has no legal right to do, he would have stopped the count with a Biden victory. Of course, by not stopping the count, Biden had an even greater victory. In Arizona, the people counting the vote finally had to go out and tell the people who were shouting, count the vote, count the vote, that they could count the vote a lot easier if they weren't afraid of the people who came there with guns telling them to count the vote, that the security measures were actually slowing down the vote counting. If they wanted the vote to count, uh, maybe they shouldn't be shouting count the vote so loudly. 
it actually gets more ridiculous. It gets more stupid. I don't know how many lawsuits they filed now. I've lost count. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I do know this. Not a single one has succeeded one iota. With arguably one exception, uh, the one that was brought before the Supreme Court about Pennsylvania County. We'll get to that. But that's not an allegation of fraud. That's a question of when you can count votes that were cast before the election and returned after the election due to Donald Trump's ruining the post office. So set aside that argument, which we'll get to, but happened before the vote count. I'm talking about all these ridiculous claims of fraud. Ridiculous claims that they repeat nightly on Fox News, knowing it's a lie. Now that's a really scary thing. We have a news channel that seems schizophrenic. Every other news channel reports the truth that Joe Biden won the election, and they're focusing on his transition team and how he's dealing with COVID and how he's not getting access to intelligence uh, due to Donald Trump's petulance. But Fox, Fox is schizophrenic. There are some responsible people there, and there's some really deeply irresponsible people there. The responsible people there called the election based on the facts. And every state they've called has been accurate. None has been overturned. There was a question of whether Arizona might be, but they knew it. They stuck with their call. Arizona is now solidly in the Biden camp. And every other state, Michigan, Wisconsin, and certainly Pennsylvania and Nevada, have all come through. So the news desk declared President-elect Joe Biden the victor. But then they spread all kinds of ridiculous falsehoods that they knew were false, sometimes by the opinion host, sometimes by the news host. Claims that there were no observers allowed in the courtroom. Claims that if you used a Sharpie, your vote wasn't counted. Claims that, um, that, that people were, were being kept outside and not allowed to watch the votes. I, I mentioned the observers. Claims about the distance of observers. Claims that ballots were put on the wrong stack. Here's what you need to know about every single court case. Every single one lacks an iota of evidence, lacks any evidence. One of my favorite ones, and we'll go through some of these. One of my favorite ones, a person came into court and said, I heard someone say that they weren't counting ballots. And the judge said, um, you can't put that into evidence. It's hearsay. The very definition of hearsay is when you claim someone else said something, but you don't know who it was and they can't come to court and you can't verify what they said. That's been an Anglo-American jurisprudence for several centuries. And the person said, no, no, I heard someone say. And the judge said, isn't that hearsay? And the lawyer had to sheepishly admit, okay, we have no evidence. Case closed. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about the observer scandal and the Sharpie scandal and all these non-scandals and why Donald Trump is even going into the courts when they know they can't win. It's all about the larger grift, my friends, and the real danger to our democracy. This is Mark Levine calling. If you like, 888-48-MARK. We'll be right back right after this. Never confuse Mark Levine with right-winger Mark Levin. The second E stands for empathy, which the other Mark lacks. 
He's a Fulbright scholar, and he speaks French, but he couldn't tell you who won the Super Bowl. It's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. We have a new president-elect, and we have a president that refuses to accept that president-elect. That's never happened before. Never in American history. There have been presidents that have been unhappy about their successors. Ask John Adams about Thomas Jefferson. Or ask the also impeached Andrew Johnson about Ulysses S. Grant. Neither of them attended the inaugural of their successors. But everyone else did. Donald Trump is more than a sore loser. It's important to understand that. It's not just that he's a petulant toddler who can't handle his own loss. He is actively attacking our system of government. He is convincing his mob to not believe in the United States of America, to not believe in our constitutional republic, to not believe that it can work. Now, you know, I don't know how far this will go. I mean, if Trumpists, if you don't believe your vote is ever being counted, then I have a suggestion for you. Don't vote at all. There. Feel better? As a Democrat, I urge everyone to vote. But I believe in our system of government. I think it can work. And the argument that it's not working is weird. It's trust the American people who elected the probably Republican Senate. We'll talk about the Georgia race in a second. But trust the ones who voted for Republican House members and for local state legislators who are Republican. But don't trust the ones for Donald Trump. They can't even get their conspiracy straight. We talked about the so-called observer conspiracy, and I heard on Fox News dozens of times people lie to those hapless people who watch Fox News and no other news, claiming that Philadelphia did not allow observers in. Now, that's a lie. In fact, it'd be nice if, I don't know, some Fox hosts were sued for defamation. Because I think it's an intentional lie. I think it's done with malice. Maybe that would bring it to Pilk's attention. When they came to the court, the lawyer came to the court, the Trump lawyer, and said, hey, they're not allowing observers in, in Philadelphia. The court said, are there any observers there? And the lawyer said, um, we think that observers should be closer. And the judge said, are there observers there? And the lawyers said, we think that more observers need to come in. And the judge said, as a member of the bar, are there observers there now representing Trump? Now, as a member of the bar is clear code words. And I'm going to tell you this as a member of the bar. When a judge says to you, as a member of the bar or as an officer of the court, What the judge is saying to you is, if you lie to me right now, you're going to be punished. Because courts have oversight over lawyers. And when a lawyer intentionally lies to a court, they can lose their law license. They can also go to jail for contempt of court. So when the judge looked that lawyer in the eye, and I wasn't in the room, I presume that judge looked that lawyer in the eye and said, hey, as a member of the bar, as an officer of the court, Is it true that there were no Trump observers there? The lawyer had to concede there was a non-zero number of Trump observers there. 
To which the judge replied, then why are we here at all? Turned out that there were 12 Trump observers in Philadelphia the entire time. That's the minimum. More were allowed, but only 12 uh, were there at the, at the lowest point in time. And he, the, the lawyer said, we want more. So the judge said, did you ask Philadelphia if you could have more in the room? The lawyer sheepishly said no. And the judge said, well, you called them into court. Why don't you ask them right now? The implication being, hey, you should have asked before you went to court. And the Trump lawyer said, why don't you just order them to allow us more observers? The judge said, no, I'm not going to order them to have you more observers. You go work it out with them. They worked it out. They got 60 observers. The other thing they got was apparently they were 10 feet away and they were allowed six feet away to observe. They had never asked for to get closer, um, but that's what they got by agreement, not by court order. So the judge said, well, now that you all have agreed, I'm dismissing your case. Then you turn on Fox News. The judge today ordered Philadelphia to have more observers. I think they, they, they said to have observers pretending that they didn't have it before and to allow them to be up close. That's not true. It's just they agreed to it. But now all throughout Trump world, Trumpists believe that Philadelphia was keeping out observers. And here's the dirty little secret. While Fox was attacking and Trump was attacking, Trumpists were attacking Philadelphia and Detroit. You know why that is, of course. Philadelphia and Detroit have high black populations. But you know the dirty little secret about Pennsylvania? If you compare the Biden numbers with the Clinton numbers from four years earlier, you'll find that Biden did better in most places in Pennsylvania, including in the counties won by Trump. In all the rural counties, Biden did better than Clinton by about two and a half to three percent. He did better than Clinton did in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He did better than Clinton did in the suburbs of Philadelphia. You know the one place where Biden did not do better than Hillary Clinton? Philadelphia. Clinton got about 83% and Biden only got about 81%. If there's some massive fraud in Philadelphia, it's Trump doing it. But how are you going to claim a racist conspiracy? How are you going to make white people hate black people if you blame white people for voting? You want to know who voted a lot more for Joe Biden than voted for Hillary Clinton? White men. But it's really, really hard for Fox to attack white men. They got to attack the black people. So it's not just that it's a lie. It's not just that it's defamation. It's not just that they're persuading Trump supporters to believe in nonsense, anti-democratic nonsense, nonsense to make them disbelieve in our system of government, anti-American nonsense, but it's racist anti-American nonsense. And some of it can lead to violence. It's no wonder that a couple people from my home state of Virginia were up in Michigan bringing their guns. Or was it, no, excuse me, I think it was Philadelphia. So that's the Observer one. I think there are about 12 lawsuits. There was Sharpie Gate. Oh, we heard that 
people were encouraged to fill out the ballots with a Sharpie and that it couldn't be read. Well, yeah, about a thousand ballots were filled in with a Sharpie and the machines read them just fine. That's Sharpie gate. There's another one where there was a claim that someone stuck 50 ballots on top of something that had already been counted. Sounds like they're gonna count them twice. I think that was the one where someone said that someone else said that and there was no evidence of it. There were claims about stuff going on in the post office where when the postal worker was brought into court, he recanted, admit he lied. Cause you know, when you go before a court, if you lie, you go to jail. Love to swear in some of those fox hosts. But the consequences are real. American people are believing this nonsense. In Georgia, as in Arizona, the government is a Republican government. If there's one thing Americans should learn about this election, it's that what keeps us free is the fact that local governments count the elections. If Donald Trump, if the president could control the elections, I have no doubt he would do what Vladimir Putin does. Just cheat. But because, thank God, we have not even the states, it's generally the counties, the cities, the towns collect the ballots. We got 10,000 separate local entities counting the ballots. And it's really hard to manipulate the count in 10,000 places. And that leads to our freedom. In Georgia, in Arizona, the leadership's Republican. And in fact, in Georgia, in Georgia, you find the two people running for the Georgia Senate, we're gonna get to the runoff races in a minute, we'll do that after the break, and the Georgia House delegation, all of whom were supposedly elected by this same group of voters, complaining to the Republican Georgian Secretary of State, a guy so Republican that he was part of the Jim Crow laws removing blacks from the ballots. This is not a great man, you would think, although I'm about to praise him, Brad Raffensperger. Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, the guy who followed the laws to remove blacks from the voting rolls, said, you know what, guys, we're having a fair election and I want Republicans to win, but I'm not gonna lie when I say that we're counting the votes. Accurately, fairly, the legal ones, not the illegal ones, which no one seems to be able to find. They asked him to resign for doing his job. This is corrosive to our democracy, and the question is why are Republicans doing it? And we'll get to that question right after the break. He's a Harvard economist and a Yale lawyer. He does not keep up with the Kardashians. He's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. Four years ago, do you remember? It was a really close election, a lot closer than the current election. By the way, Joe Biden is going to beat, has already beaten Donald Trump by many more millions than uh, Barack Obama beat Mitt Romney in 2012. Did you know that? It's a bigger landslide. Not quite as good as the first term 08 Obama landslide, but better than the 2012 reelection. Not bad, way to go, Joe. 
When Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump by 3 million votes in 2016, but did lose the electoral count very narrowly, some 10,000 votes in Michigan, 20,000 in Wisconsin, 40,000 in Pennsylvania, she needed a night to take it in. I remember 2 a.m. on election night when she said, uh, before they counted those last votes, she said, to the people in the room who were starting to get teary-eyed in New York City, go home, get some sleep, we'll talk in the morning. Four years ago, as I did this year, I taped every channel. I like to hear the commentary on CNN, MSNBC, Fox, ABC, CBS, and NBC. I'm still watching them all, guys. Fox excoriated Hillary Clinton. So did Rick Santorum. No, I think, it, you know what? It was Corey Lewandowski. That's what it was on CNN. Tore her apart. What a sore loser. It's two in the morning, and even though she called to concede defeat to Donald Trump that evening, she wasn't going to publicly talk about it until the next morning. So the night of the election, she calls Donald Trump. She admits to him that he won and it's not till the next morning where she comes out and speaks eloquently to the American people. She was raked over the coals. Every Trumpist in the world not only called her a sore loser, they called her dangerous, they called her all kinds of names. She should have spoken that night, they said. She spoke the next day. I understand it takes time when you lose to get over it. I get that. I've lost an election myself. It hurts to make that concession call, let me tell you. But she did the next day. She called to concede that night. Now on Fox, they're comparing this to Bush v. Gore. An election, need I remind you, where Al Gore got the most votes in Florida. He, doesn't just, he didn't just win the popular vote, he won the electoral vote if only all the Florida, Florida votes had been counted. But as you know, the United States Supreme Court, by a five to four vote, actually did what the mobs were arguing should be done in Georgia and Michigan. They stopped the vote count. Antonin Scalia wrote, if we count all the votes, it will damage the legitimacy of George Bush's claim to be president. In other words, if we count the votes, Gore wins. We're not going to count the votes. Boy, were they angry at Al Gore. They were camping outside with sore loser signs. They were uh, going to the vice president's residence, National Observatory, bunch of Bush supporters. They were coming in mob waves in Florida to get them to stop counting the votes. And given that Gore actually won the election, his claims were legitimate. No one would said Al Gore has a right to pursue their claims. It was no, get out of the courts, don't pursue your claims. And when the United States Supreme Court actually said, you know, it can go back to the Florida Supreme Court, Gore said, you know what, even though I've won this election, boom, for the sake of American democracy, I'm conceding. Yeah, compare that to now. This isn't Bush v. Gore. This isn't even Hillary Clinton who won the popular vote. This is a guy who dramatically lost the popular vote and lost the electoral count way beyond the margin of recount. The only state that's gonna recount is Georgia and 
that's the difference between whether Biden gets 290 or 306, and he's going to win Georgia. But not only is Donald Trump not talking to the American people, hiding and playing golf, he has ordered the government not to cooperate with the incoming president of the United States. They're not giving him the daily intelligence brief. So if there's an attack, Biden won't be informed in time. They're not giving the transition team the, 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 the way that his new team can get security clearances so they can hit the ground running. Because you gotta fill out a bunch of forms, you gotta go through security checks so they can start January 20th and not a month later. You may have heard the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, is doing some really damaging stuff to the United States of America. He's not allowing foreign leaders to contact Joe Biden. Did you just hear that? They've got to call Obama and say, hey, how do we reach Joe Biden? The White House isn't passing on their calls. And then Pompeo said, hey, we're transitioning to a Trump second term. He knows this is a lie. We used to be the leader of the free world. We used to condemn Russia and China and North Korea for telling lies. We used to believe the voice of America would tell the truth against the Russian radio stations. And it used to. And now we're spreading these lies. This will destroy American credibility for some time to come. Once you lose your credibility once, it's really hard to get it back. Now, why are we doing all this? What's going on here? Republicans know it's a lie. In private, Republicans, senators, elected officials, they know it's a lie. Every one of them knows that Joe Biden is the president-elect. They're telling my friend, Senator Chris Coons of Delaware, hey, tell Joe, we congratulate him. We just can't say it publicly. Why not? Why have only four out of 53 Republican senators, I'm told now I think it's five, five, 10% congratulate him publicly? 90% are lying to the American people? Fox News, the news desk tells the truth, but the other 90% of Fox News lies to the American people? What's the point of the lie? when they all know it's true. The point is, is that the Republican Party is afraid of the monster they created. They created this mob, starting with the Tea Party, continuing through Donald Trump, a mob that they were taught to believe in all manner of lies because they thought it would help them win elections. And maybe it did. After all, Trump did get some 72 million votes, the second highest vote count of any person running for president in American history after Joe Biden. And what's coming up is the Georgia runoffs. Two seats, January 5th, that will control the balance of the Senate. Republicans have 50 seats. Democrats have 48. We got to win both just to tie. And of course, if there's a tie, Kamala Harris breaks the tie, Vice President Kamala Harris, and Democrats control the Senate. And then we can do some really good things. Pass, get some judges appointed, get cabinet members appointed, maybe even end the filibuster. And it's not going to be easy with 50 Democrats. We've got a conservative Joe Manchin there. But without 50, it's going to be pure gridlock. And Mitch McConnell knows it. And he loves gridlock. 
and Biden won't be able to do almost anything he campaigned for. And the Republicans will say, look, he's a failure after making him a failure. That's what they did with Obama. So they're afraid if they tell the truth to the American people that their president is lying to them when he makes up these ridiculous notions of fraud that anyone with half a brain can see have no evidence behind them. But yeah, people watch Fox News. They believe what they're told. Most people, most Trump supporters are sheeple. They're sheep. They don't use critical thinking skills to determine if what they're told is true. And they're angry at someone like me for telling them that they're in a cult. Because when you're in a cult, you really don't like the people telling you, hey, don't trust the people grifting you as you're emptying your wallet. Remember, that's what Lyndon Johnson said back in 1960. Tell the lowest white man that he's better than the best colored man. And he'll give you anything he wants. He'll empty his pockets for you. So where do we go from here? We have an elite, and they're in the Republican Party, and they know that they're lying. This isn't a question of accidentally lying. Yeah, there are some ignorant people who watch Fox News who maybe believe the lies, probably 50 million of them. But the elected Republicans know that they're lying to the American people and know it because they, like Donald Trump, are grifters. They're willing to put aside the democracy of the United States. They're willing to set aside any patriotism they once had in order to grift, in order to cheat, in order to convince ignorant people that lies are true. So I'm calling them out. President-elect Joe Biden's a nicer guy than I am. He's going to try to reach out. He's going to try to compromise, and I wish him well. But we progressives need to let you know what's really going on. This is Mark Levine. I don't know.